Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. When I heard they were going to make a sequel to The Exorcist, I just thought, oh, God, you know, what are you doing that for? They never work. You know what? I liked it. Oh, you did? I did. There's a a surprise in there, too. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, really? uh, Yes. I love going over. If you want me to tell you, I'll tell you. Tell everyone to cover their ears. No, if if you do, uh, demon spew will spill out of your eyeballs (laughs) and your ears, Lou. Okay, I expect you to go see it now. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, that was from our last get-together, and you just heard Cinema Lou Charlotte and Oliver Jones on the latest Exorcist sequel, which is a great lead-in to this show today, which is a special edition of this most unspecial podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up on the ever-changing world of entertainment, Lou Cat. The world traveler. That's right. Just back from <laughs> globe trotting. Just, just back from Greece, and I don't think I'm in any rush to go see any more ruins anytime in the near future. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Had enough of that. Greece, the country, and not the musical. Exactly. <laughs> but it is still the word. It is still the word. Anyway, yes. Lou is producing and directing in the control room of the worldwide cat podcast headquarters and um, today we have two very special guests first the guy i always love to have on from wtop radio the smartest entertainment guy in town it's our movie savant jason fraley hey thanks for having me back on i love coming on the uh, the week of halloween it's it's especially fun time and I got a good one for you today, Jason. I think you're going to enjoy this because we're going to dive right into scary movies with our special guest, known and loved around the world as the host of Preacher Feature. Let's say hello to Count Gore just back from hosting another Halloween smash screening in the all-new, all-large Silver Spring AFI Theater. Count Gore, I applaud you. Wait a second. The, the, the Count's not here. I mean, yeah. he, he, he's still... And actually, it's daytime. we're having you on as your real self, which is uh, Dick Dizel, longtime broadcaster. And you created uh, Count Gore for Channel 20 more than 50 years ago. Well, yeah, we'll be coming up. It'll be 51 years, February 3rd of next year. Golly Moses. Well, so we're going to get into our favorite horror movies. But first, uh, let's do a little business. And let's start with Jason. What are you watching these days? And what are you liking? Well, can I just say before that, that it is an honor to be on with the Count. I can't believe that Count Gordon is <laughs> Poor Dick Dizel. We're never going to let him be his real <laughs> self anymore. <laughs> No, it it is it is fantastic. I can't wait to do the horror movie stuff later in this podcast. But yeah, what what I'm watching now, I just finished reviewing um uh the new there's a new Sylvester Stallone documentary on Netflix. Uh, just came out mm. today. Have have you heard yeah. about it? It's called Sly. Um and it's what's cool about it is it's actually him, you know, breaking down his career in his own words, you know. So he's being mm. interviewed. There's other like Tarantino's interviewed, Talia Shire's interviewed, Henry Winkler, like a lot of uh, Schwarzenegger, a lot of people show up and right. you know, talk about his career. When Stallone became famous, he wasn't expecting the downside. 
When you're a truly absorbed filmmaker, you put things before your family and the repercussions are quite devastating. But what I thought was really interesting about it, and I've considered this over the years too, was how how like his own life was mirrored throughout all of the Rocky sequels, you know, because he went on, you know, obviously the first one was the big best picture winner, and I still think it's the best one. But, um, you know, it, but his own life sort of mirrors that, you know, so like in the first one, he in real life was the hungry underdog, you know, hoping for that shot. You know, in the second one, he was then you know, a household name, but had to prove he w wasn't a one hit wonder like in the movie. The third one, he's, you know, yeah. riding too high, has to regain the eye of the tiger. The fourth one, he's, you know, larger than life, battling supervillains. The fifth, you know, he's neglecting his own son. So it's kind of cool to see from a creative standpoint, you know, how the character mirrored, mirrored the real life. Um, as far as TV shows, uh, my wife and I just watched, we finished something called Lessons in Chemistry on Apple. Have you? Oh, seen yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I am really enjoying that. Yes, Brie, Brie Larson. I think episode five comes out today. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, we, we binged all, all eight in advance. But, yeah, she play, Brie Larson plays a, a feminist chemist uh, who gets fired from her chemistry lab in the 1960s. But then sort of gets the last laugh uh, against all those, uh, you know, her former misogynistic bosses because yeah. she lands a, a job doing a cooking TV show and enters the homes of, of you know, housewives everywhere and uh, teaches them a little bit about life and, and uses chemistry to to do her cooking. And and, and uh, I, I I thought it, pun, pun intended, had all the gr right ingredients. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I would like to offer you a job as the host of our cooking show. Are you concussed? No. You are poised to become a TV star. Politics don't belong in the kitchen. A man wants his wife to make him a drink after a long day at work. Why do you assume that his day was longer than hers? I think it goes back to the 1950s. Yeah, so, I think so. I mean, it's, it's really uh, back in the dark ages. I understand <laughs> that uh, the book was uh, really uh, uh, popular and important and a really good book. Yeah, my little, so, my young, my younger sister, uh, my wife and I were talking about, yeah. you know, oh, have you seen Lessons in Chemistry? And my sister said, no, I read the <laughs> book. And how about that dog named Six Thirty? And starts laughing. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I think uh, in the book the dog talks, and in the well, series the dog does voiceover. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's uh, it's B J Novak. I think the voice is the dog from The Office, and uh, and of course Rain Wilson, uh, Dwight Schrute shows up as in in the show as her TV producer, sort of the pig-headed guy, uh, oh. wanting women to quote unquote stay in the kitchen, and she's fighting yeah. back against him. And uh, I believe the producer of or the creator of the show, Lee Eisenberg, was was a writer and director on The Office. So I guess that's wow. how all that casting uh, probably came together. But I liked it. To me, uh, Arch, I mean, do you agree? Like, I think it's like a Brie Larson, like a return to form. You know, she's been sort of bogged down in the superhero stuff lately with Captain Marvel. But, yeah, yeah. It's back yeah. to the the beginning of like Short Term Twelve and Room it's, and all those. It's that shows. good kind of streaming series. Uh, speaking of streaming, now let's go to Dick Dizel. And before we uh, mine your your mind uh, for horror movies, oh boy, is that a shallow dig? What what are you watching? What does what does the horror movie host watch at home just for fun? What are you well, guys right, watching? Right, right now we're catching up the current season of the Great British Baby. <laughs> I love it. Really? Uh, look, what am I? What am I? I, I honestly, I don't, I don't bake, but I, one of my hobbies, and I has been all my life, was cooking. I mean, I learned, I learned back in college that the quickest way to a, a girl, whatever, is 
feeder, you know? So I had my own apartment and my own kitchen and I just went crazy. But that aside, let's see. I also am watching the current season of Quantum Leap, which I'm not excited about. Uh, <clears throat> what else? Uh, I'm waiting for The Rookie to come back because I do enjoy that. I I, 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 I love Nathan. He's, he's just great. I've loved him since Firefly. Where are those shows? Are those on broadcast TV? No, 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 no. These are all on, on streaming. Uh, broadcast oh. TV. Well, The Rookie is, is going to be back on broadcast TV. Yeah. I am waiting. What The one show that I'm really excited about seeing the next season is is Evil. And that that was on what I guess was NBC. And uh, I just I just love it. Uh, it. It kind of has feelings of the exorcist with it, with a, a priest and a psychologist and so that's what I'm watching these days. I'm, I'm so, staring around, looking for other things. Um, I, I I don't please easy. Uh, and I don't have a lot of time to watch. So that's okay. Well, yeah, you're on the road a lot. And actually, that opens up uh, my first real question to you uh, and an observation. You started getting these gigs at the American Film Institute showing yes. horror films, and you've done, what, two or three or even four of them a year, and you just had uh, an appearance uh, last weekend uh, yes. uh, where you introduced um, The Phantom of the Paradise. And uh, first of all, how many of those AFI gigs have you hosted? Well, figure figure. Th- Three a year, let's just average, three a year since 2013, with the exception of two years of COVID when the theater was locked down. So a lot. What's so cool is I get to pick the movies. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed you picked Fan of the Paradise. um, Oh, that was easy. Which was Brian De Palma in 1974. Yeah. Well, it was the first horror musical. I saw when it first came out, I saw it six times in a week. I just, I love the musical. I fell in love with Jessica Harper. Um, I, I thought Paul Williams did a great score on it. Uh, it's, mm. it's just so tongue in cheek. Uh, I mean, it combines Faust, uh, Legend of uh, the, the Dorian Gray, and uh, the, do, 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 what was the other one? Um, um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> no. Oh, Phantom of the, Par- Phantom Phantom of the, of the Opera. Opera. So, so it's great. Phantom of the Opera. And the you, other that was right was, between Sisters and Obsession and Carrie. Like, that was right after Sisters, right? I don't know the I order. So. This was, 70, it was his early stuff. It was 1974. This, this, was, this was before Carrie yeah. because uh, we were watching the credits, as I tend to do, and guess who's in the credits of this one as a, a, a costume designer, and that was Sissy Spacek. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. This is before she became Carrie. an actress. Yeah, she yeah. The evil guy is Michael Emerson, the guy. From yes, Lost. Michael Emerson. There you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> he, he's just he's just awesome. I mean, Ben Ben uh, Linus. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Fringe Character Actors, <laughs> our new podcast. I hey, like look. that both of us are watching baking shows, Lessons in Chemistry, and the Bake Off. Just <laughs> I didn't know that would be uh, the theme today. <laughs> in well, 1974, right <laughs> I was I was a reporter in Dallas at WFAA TV. In 1974, most of the downtown movie palaces had closed, and Brian De Palma came to film uh, *Phantom of the Paradise* at the Majestic Theater in downtown Dallas, and they let us in to watch them work one day. And uh, so I have. Uh, uh, you know, kind of a soft spot in my heart for Phantom of the Paradise. 
Well, you know, one of the reasons I also picked it, uh, because actually one of the movies I was thinking about doing was Psycho, which we haven't shown yet, but everyone's seen mm. Psycho. But they were the AFI was planning at 1030 to show Rocky Horror and do a shadow cast. Uh. And I said, well, wait a second. If you're going to do musical at 1030, why don't we do a musical at 7 and have a double double pop musical? And uh, that was it worked out great. It was a great print. It was the surround sound was great, particularly when they went into the hall for the performance. Suddenly the crowd was all around you. It was it was wonderful. I just love seeing things at the AFI because their sound system is great. Yeah, yeah, so they can yeah. Check anything. We even showed videos from my old show on Channel Twenty at the beginning to kind of warm up the crowd. And this it it looks it looks better than it ever did on TV. So cool. Wow. And yeah, if I may I love say, the... I think an occasional cameo of the Arch Campbell cable show shows up in that warm up, unless yes. you've edited me <laughs> out by now. I <laughs> love the AFI Silver Theater. And, uh, you know, I used to, back when I was in college over in University of Maryland, I was, it was close to college parking and drive over to Silver Spring. I would just go mm -hmm. by myself, drive over there. And the, for a lot of the first my first time viewings of a lot of classic movies were there on that big screen. I loved it. Like the first time I ever saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, it came out 10 years before I was born. But like when I went there and watched it there and, you know, that, those sounds like scaring the, scaring the crap out of me all at the AFI. Yeah. Well, but very quickly, Dick. Okay. Just take us through some of the movies you've shown uh, as Count Gore uh, over well, the years. Well, I mean, just let's stick with the AFI because most of those I've also shown on 20. I mean, we started off. Yeah, but I uh, mean, with, as your AFI gig. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, some of the, some, I mean, let's say Bride of Frankenstein. Come on. I mean, that, that set mm -hmm. the pace for everything. We saw Young Frankenstein. Oh my God. What, what <laughs> yes. It's alive. I want to say that I was at the screening of Young Frankenstein that night, and I have never experienced an audience having so much fun <laughs> as that <laughs> night when you showed Young Frankenstein. It was, it was like the highlight of my going to the movies experience. One of, one of the movies that I was a fear I was fearful of showing was The Exorcist. I wasn't sure how well it aged, but my God, what it, what a great it, it has aged so well. I mean, with the exception of the fact that the phones have cords on them, you couldn't right. tell it was that it's an old film. I mean, it, even the costumes, because most of the people were wearing either uh, priestly garb, uh, night clothes, or uh, business clothes, so it doesn't didn't change that much. It was, it was great, and I forgot how scary that could be. I mean, even knowing all the tricks, it was. Scary. Yeah. Have you ever shown Rosemary's Baby? Mm. No. Mm. I, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen it. Whoa! Really? That's what? on my list. Ding 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 ding. ding. There it is. Definitely. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm so I'm actually jealous of you that you get to experience that for the first time. It's gonna yes, it's a masterpiece. Oh, you're pregnant? No, not yet. We have to make a baby, Doctor Hill. Congratulations. You're pregnant. Now to a fine, healthy baby. That's the kind of hint I need because look, there's so many movies out there. Oh yeah. Where do you so start? So many great films. Yeah. Where do you start? Well, you know, that's the thing I love about today. You get a smart TV and uh, you hook your your uh, credit card up to it yeah. and you can sit around and think, you know, I've never seen Rosemary's Baby. I think I'll download that for three bucks and watch it. And there it is right in your house. And, you know, Jason and I miss 
the days of going to the uh, theater with a crowd and and uh, watching a classic, but we do have access to every great movie ever made, almost. That well, is the that is the plus side of the era we live in for sure. You know, as we we the downside is the shorter attention spans and all that. But but the good news is, yeah, like you're saying, you can pull up a new movie and a classic just like that. So you've got an assignment right now. <laughs> you got to watch Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Well, you know, the other movie that I haven't seen was The Hunger with uh, David Bowie. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I it came up on one of my uh, searches uh, on my Roku and. I went to I went to see it. I wasn't going to pay fifteen bucks to download it in SD, so I said I passed on that for the time being. But mm-hmm. I miss. We don't have okay. I don't I don't know if everyone's aware of the fact that I live in currently in Florida, not in in, in the DC area. I miss. That's the- where all the vampires oh. go. I, I thought so. it was Transylvania. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no 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 no! I, I go hey look. I was just up at the AFI and I was freezing when it got down to 70. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's that Florida vampire. Well, Renfield was just in New Orleans that movie with Nicolas Cage, though. They're all moving south. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, speaking of moving south, Arch, I'm going back to your old stomping grounds uh, in a couple of weeks. On the 18th, I'll be down at the Irving Convention Center in Irving, Texas. Nice. Oh, boy. Go look at the Majestic Theater in downtown Dallas, because that's where they shot the scenes for Phantom of the Paradise. Okay, and, you got uh, that it. Was, that was when uh, the Majestic was just out of business, just closed up, downtown theater. So let's jump in, and let's start with, I asked both of you guys to uh, list your five favorite horror films. Okay. And uh, Jason Fraley is the film savant of WTOP radio. <laughs> Ask him any question, he knows the answer. He even knew that evil guy. Michael <laughs> no, it took me a while. I had to look it up. I'd never seen evil, so I had to look it up. I was like, oh, you well, know it, It's I something think you Dr. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, throw out a couple of, of if you were going to list your five favorite horror movies, what would you list? You know, I have, I, I, Got it down to six, and I can't figure out which one to cut to make it. <laughs> but um, I and I haven't been chronological. So the first one I had is Psycho. I mean, Psycho yeah, is absolutely to me one of the ones I can watch. I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. Vertigo is probably my favorite, but uh, it changes on the day. But uh, Psycho is man, it's it is it just not only did it like start the slasher craze and all of that, but it's just one of the best <clears throat> suspense films ever. And every time I return to it. Um, you, you, it's one of those, you notice new things every time you watch it. Like, uh, I love, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, yes, the first time you're watching, you're engrossed by the story and, and the great shocking twist, one of the great twists ever. Um, but I love almost like with uh, so many Hitchcock movies, you have to watch it again for it repays on repeat viewings. You know, you see the stuffed birds behind Norman Bates. You see all of the hints, even the shot underneath, uh, Anthony Perkins chin where he's chewing like a bird. Um, there's, there's almost, there's like, even like, a um, almost a shadow that looks like, like a guillotine on the doorway. Like I notice new things every, every time you, you watch it and, uh, it's all foreshadowing the, the great shocking twist, but I love when those clues are sort of planted all the way through the movie. I, I love psycho. You guys want to have any thoughts on that before I list the others? Well, I, I, I love psycho too. As a matter of fact, it's going to be, I think right now, the next Halloween movie we show next year. Uh, oh boy. Can Jason and I come? <laughs> We'd be the special invited guest. We can work that out. 
The thing about Psycho is it was so advanced for its time, which was 1960. The uh, the shower scene and uh, the idea of uh, you know the twists of the uh, of the plot and uh, and uh, the idea of killing off uh, the main actress uh, a third of the way through, yeah. uh, and then then where they go from that. Uh, plus the music. Yeah. So I'm, I'm down psychos on my list. Kids today know wee 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 even if they've never you know seen exactly. they've never seen it. Just like Jaws, the dun dun dun. Like uh -huh. if you, uh -huh. you people know it without having seen it. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a ma I think it'll be around forever. Um, the next one on my list was uh, Rosemary's Baby. We hinted at of it. Of course. 1968. Me too. Dick, you got to see this. I get some. <laughs> I've, I've written it down. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, you know what? We all have blind spots. So you've, Dick, you've seen a million movies probably I haven't seen. So it's all right. So like, but Rosemary's Baby, it's to me is if like, if evil ever existed, like on screen, captured on screen, I think it's like that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. movie, like it scares the, like, cause not only like they're walking into the Dakota hotel where John Lennon would later be shot. Like that's how the movie <laughs> opens with that. La, 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 <laughs> la. <laughs> And then just to think, I mean, obviously it's directed by Roman Polanski and his, you know, uh, it's about it's, a doomed yeah. pregnancy, his wife, Sharon Tate, right there, murdered while pregnant in the Manson murders. It's like, and not only all the, the, the horrible stuff that Polanski would later do accused of and all that, but um, man, it's to me. So like, there's like this evil hovering over it, but the storytelling of it is incredible with Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes and sort of the idea of, you know, the Ruth Gordon looking through the peephole, knocking on the door and just the way that it like slowly unravels the mystery. I, and since Dick hasn't seen, I don't I don't want to like spoil the ending, but um, the way it gets there and her piece in the puzzle together with like the, you know, arch like the Scrabble letters and uh -huh. pieces of furniture, the that, paranoia. You know, the paranoia of is everyone in on this around and me? Like, I, I, I guess I, it, we it is, could reveal that uh, Castavides is an actor who yeah. makes a deal with the devil. Yes, to, to boost his acting so, career. Um, yeah. And Where after, do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> to watch it or make the deal? I don't know, be careful. But well, um, what, What's your third? I, then, I, then I have The Exorcist, which we I'm moving here. Now we're moving Number around. three, I've got to be The Exorcist, right? Yeah, I had The Exorcist of course. in 73, yeah. So I'm moving chronologically here in 70s. Um, so 73, the, I just have so many, um, I mean, Dick kind of already said it still holds up. It's still terrifying, but I just have so many good personal memories too of, you know, I interviewed William Friedkin for like an hour right before he came to dedicate the exorcist steps in Georgetown. So it has the local ties. Um, but I just, like you said, it's still terrifying. It's, Friedkin said he didn't want to make a horror movie. He set out to make a, a, a suspense film about the mystery of faith. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of, a, I guess what kids today would call a slow burn, but I like that style. You know, you're, you're watching. And then, and then there's always the, the, the jump scares are always behind that door upstairs, you know? So yeah. you're, the characters are doing and talking about, Oh, the priest fell down the steps, blah, blah, blah. But then you're, every time you go to open that door, it's just freak. You're like, Oh my God, what crazy crap am I going to see? And it is shocking. You could show someone today, the stuff that goes on in that room. And it's just like, what did, what WTF yeah, just yeah. see? <laughs> it is a masterpiece. All right. Then moving ahead, my next movie. I mean, I wanted to put the shining, you know, for in the eighties, uh -huh, but I had yeah. to skip it out. Cause I didn't have room. 
But um, my next one I have is 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. I love that. Absolutely. It's on my list. It is just, I mean, most movies would be happy to have one iconic, terrifying villain. And this one has two. I mean, Hannibal Lecter helping Clarice catch Buffalo Bill. I mean, Buffalo Bill is terrifying. And you go down in that night vision uh, layer at the end and Jodie Foster, just an incredible performance. Um, Silence of the Lambs. And, and they do the fake out of, you know, whether, whether you know, the FBI is knocking on the right door and Clarice, and it cuts and you go, oh my God, Clarice is in, in with, the, with Buffalo Bill's house. It is just, and, and Hop, Anthony Hopkins' performance, come on. I mean, it is one of only three movies to win the big five Oscars. Uh, it happened yeah. one night. And, what, and what's your number one? Because I um, want to get the dick. Yeah, sure, sure. And then after that, I put, um, I had the, again, just moving chronologically in 99, The Sixth Sense is, it holds such a, a oh, special. Oh, that's a great catch. Such a special place in my heart. I feel like it kind of gets written off because of, you know, M. Night Shyamalan has had a, a bunch of bombs since then. But I saw this in high school, in freshman year of high school, and was just burrowed into my seat and even if you take the big, I mean, the twist is one of the great, it's one of those movies, if, if someone's never seen it, you want to sit down and show them because it's just one of the shocking twists. There's great YouTube reactions to it. But even if you take that away, you get Haley Joel Osment, one of the greatest uh, descriptions of fear, like the prickly things on the back of your net. Him and Tony Collette, the mother-son stuff in the car. It is just amazing. And then Arch, I, 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 I'll pass it to Dick, but I have oh. to throw I have to throw in Get Out. I know that's the sixth Yeah, movie. absolutely. Get Out get is out. my number one. That's my favorite movie of the last, I don't know, uh-huh. 20 years or, or at least. You know, I, there's so many layers Jordan Peele layered in there. The more you go back of, you know, our, our caretakers, you know, when when grandma and grandpa died, we couldn't bear to let them go. But they're actually talking about <laughs> it is. I'm sorry I gave you six, but those are my those are my favorites. Dick, did you ever show the sixth sense at uh, oh, the AFI? No. I you know I I enjoyed it, but uh, when I went to watch it a second time since I knew the end, it just didn't didn't stick with me. Oh. And I and I'll I'll just go two of them I share with Jason, uh-huh. and that's The Exorcist and uh, Get Out. No question about that. Absolutely. Uh, My all-time favorite scary movie still is Alien. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh wow. Just being the you know I I live in coffins, but I that movie is still claustrophobic to me. (laughs) It really (laughs) is. Uh, And and it just it never fails to 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 keep me in suspense. Although I've seen it a dozen times, I love The Evil Dead. I mean, you want to talk about a genre movie that just kind of sets the pace that's been emulated way too many times. Yeah. But I just, I know most of the people that were in it, Bruce Campbell, uh, Tom Sullivan uh, with, the, with the effects. And I just, I just love it. It, I like the, what the, uh-huh. and the conjuring and the conjuring. Okay. I'm with both of you guys. I've got get out of my list and silence of the lambs, which I think is just one of the all time great movies and the exorcist and Rosemary's baby are almost, they almost go together. And psycho of course is a classic. I threw in from 1934. (laughs) Jason can probably figure out where I'm going with this. The black cat. Oh my god. Have you ever seen the black cat? I actually haven't. Isn't that Karloff and Lugosi together? It's Karloff yeah. and Lugosi. Yeah. And and a couple is uh, riding on a train in Europe and the train crashes and they take the woman is uh, injured and they take her to this 
modern house built over a graveyard in Czechoslovakia or somewhere. And yeah. Karloff has this buzz cut and a flat top. And uh, Lugosi is with them. And Karloff and Lugosi are old enemies. And, and during the thing, first they, they lock up the woman. They're going to do something with the woman. And there's a hint of necrophilia. Karloff has stolen Lugosi's wife, and then she died, and so he keeps her body there, and Lugosi yeah. finds it. And toward the end of the movie, Lugosi ties up Karloff and says, I'm going to skin you alive. <laughs> <laughs> and then in shadow, you see this razor, and he skin him alive. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wow. They don't make them like that anymore. No, oh, that's great. It makes you wonder how it got. Oh, was that before the Hayes Commission? It was pre-code. Pre-code. Yeah. Okay. Wow, it, that's awesome. I, because of my friendship with Dick Dysell, I was invited to go over with your friend of uh, who wears the fez. Oh, John Dines. Yes, yes, great, great guy, and we introduced the black cat and uh, the mummy. Mm. The original Mummy from 1934. Yeah. So just a couple of classics. So yeah, you know, Arch, they did to tie it into uh, the 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 new show, the Mike Flanagan, uh, the Fall of the House of Usher. There's an episode of uh -huh. Black Cat, you know, because they do all the Poe stories, and that was one. Oh. I highly recommend that. And I also revisited Cat People the other day, the old Jacques Tourneur, very cool, produced by Val Luton. That's it for for those that can't get enough cat. Scarce. You know, Val Luton Jr. lived in Washington for many years and would show up at screenings of cat people to yes. sort of honor his father. No. So speaking of cats, let's go to my favorite cat, <laughs> Lou Cats, to hear about Hound Radio, which is the enabler of this podcast. Well, we're very excited to offer our Hound Radio listener that's... Li <laughs> Our hound, radio, our hound radio listener, a chance, a chance, gentlemen, to pick a ticket. Now, I'm talking about two Ooh. potential movies that are coming out soon that could be mm. on the Oscar list. Trolls mm. Band Together and Adam Sandler's Leo. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first. Potential Oscar nominee. Anyway, we have free screenings and free tickets. You can get all that information at houndradio.com. Now back to the real pros of, of TV and movies, you guys. Our classic radio guy, Lou Katz. I'm so grateful to be doing this podcast with you, Lou. My pleasure. My pleasure, man. So, Dick, uh, let me ask you. Uh, are you, uh, have you got plans uh, for the AFI, more, more uh, showings coming? Yeah, we're going to be back up uh, May the 4th. And mm. this, this is one of those things, I'll be frank about. It. I'm not sure how many, how long I'm going to keep doing this. It, uh, frankly, it's a, it's a four days of hard driving for a four hour event. So I uh, but you know, Dick, your fans, they what amazes me is all these years later, you fill the big house at the AFI. There's two draws for me to see the movies that I want to see on a big screen, yeah. well shot, well projected, and to be with the fans. Because I love the people of Washington. I Washington will always be my hometown. I I I I love it. I love going back, except for driving on the beltway. 
which I'm sure everyone agrees with. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so so I'm I'm not going to be there in February because I've been uh, we've been doing this since 13, and we've been doing February, and we haven't hit a snowstorm yet. I just got a bad mm -hmm. feeling about this year, and I don't want to drive uh, in the snow, which would be four days. Uh, so uh, we're going to be back in May. We're going May the fourth be with me, and <laughs> I've decided I want to see. One of my favorite movies, the first genre film, and I'm, I'm being genre very, very broad, uh, shot in Cinemascope, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to show Forbidden Planet on the big screen. Oh, <laughs> nice. I want to see, see Robbie the Robot. I want to see Monsters from the Id at the end, which scared the uh -huh. devil out of me when I was a kid, when that thing lit up in the, in the force field. And I want to see Anne Francis when she comes out at talking about not having a swimsuit on when at the beginning you know it's i thought <laughs> <laughs> and then i psycho... asked her about that by the way i i interviewed her in the 90s and she said no no she was wearing a skin suit <laughs> psycho for halloween of 20 psycho for uh, halloween. so we're gonna do two next year i love that so uh jason we're wrapping up here and what uh what are you recommending for the weekend what do you like this weekend and also what can we tell people to what what's the one scary movie they should watch well, to get into the season? Well, we gave them a bunch, you know, of yeah. classics. But I'll re for my recommendation, I'm going to recommend a new one that just came out, and it's my favorite mm -hmm. scary movie this year. It's by a pair of Australian twin brothers that directed it. Um, it's called Talk to Me. What did the hand feel like? It felt amazing. I could see and feel everything on the other side. So my mom, she was trying to reach out. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's about yeah. a group a group of teenagers play with an embalmed hand, almost like a casual game of spin the bottle. They're very casual about it, but I don't even want to spoil where it goes. But let's just say that it's a that's a bad idea. <laughs> so talk to me, and also uh, rest in peace, Matthew Perry. We never got to do a goodbye episode on him. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's 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 a sad uh, note for the weekend. I think, and a real shocker too. Uh, Dick, have you got a, uh, you've promised us Robbie the Robot and Psycho. <laughs> uh, what are you going to be watching this weekend? Evil? <laughs> well, I, in addition to horror, I, I'm a big, yeah, one minute, we a big science fiction fan. I'm thinking about revisiting some of my favorite Doctor Who before the 60th anniversary series comes out in November. So I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. I've got, I've got all the, the Doctor Who's from the Chris Eccleston era on 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 hard drive so i just may sit back wow wow so uh i would just tell anybody who hadn't seen get out if you would just want to see a great contemporary yeah. chiller watch get out i'm very excited about the holdovers this weekend with paul giamatti mr hunnam hello mary i had you guys stuck with babysitting duty this year how'd you manage that you just earned yourself a detention sir being here with you is already one big detention son of a bitch that's another detention do you think i want to be babysitting you no i was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer right. now, most of the kids dislike you pretty much hate you teachers too you know that right I find the world a bitter and complicated place, and it seems to feel the same way about me. Check that out in the theaters. Thanks so much. Uh, Jason Fraley of WTOP. Always love when you're on the show. Uh, Dick Dizel as Count Gordball, my dear friend of many, many years, <laughs> and we love what you do at the AFI. 
Lou Katz, thank you for having us. I'm Arch Campbell, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and a lot of big movies are on the way. This is the Katz Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.